and welcome to Horrendous, a best friends podcast. As always, this is Elizabeth, and joining me, as always, is the vodka to my cranberry juice, Callie. How you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm glad I'm the alcohol, though. Okay. Well, I figured you'd appreciate that. Yeah, I, I really, truly do. Um, I'm tired. It is 8.47 in the morning. I am drinking coffee. I already had my coffee this morning. I've already cleaned my house, bathed, got dressed, put on a little makeup. Not a full face, but um, th- and done a little bit of laundry. That's what I've been doing and watching some television. Um, I basically been breastfeeding since four thirty in the morning. So that sounds fucking terrible. I mean, good it for is. you for uh, <laughs> nourishing your child in the way you have chosen and are able to. But I am honestly a thousand percent, as much as I miss the little snuggly baby days, I am so glad those fucking days are over <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I, lo- I love my children. I do. I truly love my children. I loved them when they were babies. And it's kind of bittersweet, but I'm glad, like, I mean, they're still dependent on me. Like, I still have to feed them. You know, I, right. it is my job as their parent. But literally, like, it's like, okay, here's your plate of food, and I can go on about my day. Like, I don't have to just sit there and, like, okay, are you done yet? (laughs) He's getting his molars in. So he wants us to stand up with him constantly. And he wants to be on my boob constantly. And... He just wants everything. And he does not like popsicles. Have you tried a cold pickle? I have not, but I do have a frozen washcloth in the freezer. I say, I will say uh, Brady loved a cold pickle when she was teething. Loved it. Yeah, that's a good idea. He'll probably like that. Or ice cream. He's weird with ice cream. Oh. he It's hilarious. He likes it, but it's like... He doesn't know what to do with it. He thinks it might be hot, so he tries to blow on it while it's in his oh, mouth. Oh, yeah. It's really weird, but cute. <laughs> Babies are cute. They do feel silly things. Um, they do. Before we jump into and, – and for those of uh, – this is an episode of the intermission variety, as Callie would be one to say. Yes. Before we really jump into the bullshit we normally talk about – um, in the intermissions, I we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge and mention what happened on Monday. Yeah. Uh, there was a, because we live in America, another school shooting, this time at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. And I just, I'm at a loss for what to say. Because it's the same thing every time. You know what I mean? Right. I, I'm i just really angry. And I'm always angry when these things happen. And I'm always really sad when these things happen. Because three children lost their lives. Three adults lost their lives. And school is supposed to be a safe place for children. Yeah. And... For some kids, school is the only safe place that they have. 
Sometimes it's the only meal that they may have during the day. And children should not have to fear going to school. Teachers should not have... I'm just going to say this. Nobody should have to fear going into public. Right. Because we've had shootings, not just at schools, but at grocery stores and a mosque. You know, at church is the, you know, there was the shooting in Charleston a few years ago at the church. At concerts. At concert, yes. The shooting in Vegas. We, as human beings, should not have to fear living our day-to-day lives. Right. But especially children should not have to fear going to place that where they're supposed to learn and grow and feel safe. Yeah. And it's just really upsetting to me. And I'm very angry now, especially because all of these photos have come out of all these goddamn Congress men and women, Congress people, Wearing these AR-15 pins on the floor of Congress. And I've said this before, and, and I'll say it again. You know, my husband is a gun owner. We we own guns. My husband hunts. We, you know, we have a couple handguns. We have a couple shotguns. But they are locked up. Like, I honestly sometimes forget that we have them because they are stowed away safely. Right. I don't – Brady, I think, is aware that we have them. But, again, I think she forgets that we have them because, again, they are out of sight, out of mind. I don't even think Connor knows that we have them. Right. I, I, you know, again, because we're safely and responsibly keeping them locked up and put away. So we are gun owners and, you know, but my husband – as a gun owner, we've had this conversation before. And I know this is an argument that people always make. And I understand an inanimate object like has no control over itself, but it's the people who wield them that are the problem. But the type of guns that have been prominently used in these school shootings are not the type of guns that you go hunting with or that you, I mean, they should not be available to the common public. And I, I think it's not too much to ask. And I know people will be like, Oh, my second amendment, right? I don't think it should be too much to ask to, for somebody to fill out some paperwork to undergo a background check to get a mental health evaluation in order to own a weapon that could potentially kill somebody. And I understand people argue, well, what about an automobile? In the state of Illinois, you have to take driver's ed in high school in order to get your driver's license. Like, it's a requirement. There's no way around it. Unless you take driver's ed, you don't get your license. (laughs) Unless, well, no, I think my sister had to take driver's ed. Because my sister moved from Missouri to, to Illinois when she was a teenager. But I think she actually took driver's ed the one year North County offered it during the summer. <clears throat> so she was able to circumnavigate having to retake it when she went to high school in Illinois. Be that as it may, like, 
that's the point. You you have to have a driver's license to drive a car. Yeah. So I don't see why there should be any problem in having to have like some sort of license and background check to own a gun. And I don't care who disagrees with that. My child, your child, our children, their lives are more important than your quote unquote right to own an AR-15. And a lot of people have been saying that. Yeah. But I vehemently agree with it. I don't, if you want to own a shotgun, you want to own a pistol, great. Fill out, fill out some paperwork, get a background check. But an AR-15, I don't think anybody should have. And I know people will be like, well, you know, we have our right to bear arms and defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. Okay, well, sure, you have one AR-15. What are you going to do against the American military? Like, get fucking come on. And Freddie Prinze Jr., who I know people will be like, oh, my God, are you serious? But there was a few years ago, he had a podcast with the comedian Josh Wolf. And I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because, again, we've had another fucking school shooting. We've had another yeah. mass. We've had another shooting. But he had a very, I think, reasonable and actually great idea slash solution for gun ownership. And some people will be like, well, that's that's bullshit, whatever. But his idea was this, and because he had an uncle who was a Vietnam War veteran, and his uncle took having a gun in his household very seriously. You know, he, Freddie, I think in the story was talking about his uncle would take him to go shooting and stuff. But one of his uncle's biggest things was before I allow you to hold this gun in your hand, before I take you shooting, you need to learn to take it apart. You need to learn to put it back together. You need to understand what this is capable of before I take you out to, to the shooting range. Mm-hmm. And so Freddie's idea, and again, I think this is a really great idea and I think it's actually reasonable that in order to own a gun, you have to go apply. And there is an 18 month, 12 to 18 month period where you have to take classes. You have to learn to be able to take that gun apart. You have to be able to learn to put it back together. You have to undergo mental health evaluation. You have to undergo a background check. You have to take a class like you would for driver's ed. You'd have to take a gun safety class, which I know a lot of states do require that, but that's about the extent of it. Uh You know, and I'm not just saying this as far as mass shootings go. And I think the point he made was too, like, okay, you're pissed off. You want to go buy a gun. If you have to wait 12 months, maybe that anger goes away. And the reason you wanted to get a gun, you don't really want to anymore. And I think it not only would prevent these shootings. And I also, people understand, well, you know, you can obtain them illegally. Okay, sure. That's true. You can obtain anything illegally. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this is not going to stop it, but it will diminish the probability that this gun is going to get into the hands, for instance, of somebody who I think of a lot of domestic violence victims and these stories of these women who, OK, they got a restraining order. A restraining order is just a piece of paper. And they were end up they ended up being murdered by their abuser. Because this abuser was able to go get a gun. Yeah. Despite having a charge of domestic violence. 
you know, or even it's just it's just too easy for people to get a gun. And as a gun owner, I don't think it's unreasonable for my husband to have to go get a, a, a license and apply to have a gun. I don't think that that's unreasonable. And I think as I think any gun owner should understand that and respect that. And the, you know, the, this representative from Nat or from Tennessee who had his Christmas card with him and his sons holding guns, you know, the famous Lauren Boebert Christmas card or whatever, her and her kids holding fucking guns. It's just the, the love and obsession that this country has with fucking firearms. We're the laughing stock of the world right now. And it's just really disappointing that, again, people are putting a bigger price on guns than our children. We're worried about, you know, people reading Judy Bloom or fucking Harry Potter or learning about two moms or two dads in a household or our kids getting read to by drag queens than we are of things that actually harm them. Right. You know, I feel, and this is a, a side tangent, but I feel safer with a fucking drag queen or a gay person than I ever have in a church, than I ever have with a cis white man. I agree. We're focusing on the wrong fucking things. And I know people are going to be like, oh, this is just another Elizabeth soapbox. It's just another, you know, virtue signal from Elizabeth. But no, we grew up in an area that loves guns, values religion, Above anything else. And I'm not bashing religion. I understand that church brings a sense of community to people. But now the gun culture and the religion culture have started to come together. Like, you know, you have these Christian people taking Christmas photos with these guns in their hands. You have these crazy ministers screaming about, you know, the tyrannical demon government wanting to take their guns. And I just, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of having to address this. I'm sick of having to have this conversation. I'm sick of being fearful of sending my children to school. When Valdi happened, and then when there was the shooting here in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. it crossed my mind both times. And I'm really, I'm getting real fucking close to to the point where I want to buy those bulletproof inserts for my kids' backpacks. Yeah. Now, my daughter, they're not allowed – at the high school, middle school, they're not allowed to carry their backpacks from class to class. They have to keep them in their lockers. So it probably wouldn't really do her any good. But my son, their lockers are in their classroom. I shouldn't have to think about that. Like, that should not be a thought that fucking comes to my mind. And we were kids – that is a thought that would have never have crossed our parents' mind. Oh, no. They were more worried about us getting abducted off the street, which is still a concern. But even yeah. they were barely worried about it because <laughs> we were still running around the mean streets of Bonterre, Missouri. Right. I just, it's just, it's sad and... My heart breaks because there was a nine-year-old girl, one of the victims in Nashville... She was trying to pull the fire alarm mm. so that the police and the fire department would come. And she was shot while she was trying to do that. She was trying to save her classmates. Mm. And she was shot as she was running towards the fire alarm. 
it's insanity. And yeah. I, I don't think there's really anything more we can say about it. And if you disagree with us, I'm sorry. But or actually, I'm not sorry. Because there's a father. There's a, a gentleman I follow on TikTok. He's a father of a school shooting victim. And he's also a gun owner. And people have said really just terrible things to him. I believe he's a parent of one of the Uvalde students. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look into it. But he's very open and he's very candid about how he's a gun owner. He said, but as a gun owner, you know, I also understand the importance of having laws and regulations in place to protect people. And I just don't think that's too much to ask. And if you do, then you're part of the problem. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, I'm not sorry. I keep saying I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Right. But that's all I'll say on it. I just, I think we really needed to address it. I know everybody else is talking about it too, but this is not a virtue signal. This is, I want my kids, I want all kids to be able to go to school and feel safe. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know how to transition from that. <laughs> that's fine. I do also want to mention that this is going to be released like a week and two days after Nashville has happened there has yes. hopefully by the time this comes out there has not been another school shooting so I just want to make it clear that it was Monday the 20 yeah this, I'm sorry uh yeah we're recording this on Wednesday March 29th the shooting in Nashville was Monday March 27th so yeah just to make so, that clear just so we don't like freak anyone out like what another one yeah <laughs> so <laughs> just just to be clear on that um and then back to what you were saying about being feeling safer with like a drag queen or like a gay person. I would even throw like a transgendered person on oh, there no, too. A thousand, no, a thousand percent. I, I, would, I, I would rather just, hang out with a trans person than a cis white male that I do not know. I was talking about this with um, my friend Sarah at work. It's It's been a while, but we were talking about how – Walking down the street, you know, some people, they see a person of color and they automatically get nervous. Yeah. No, I see a white man. And Sarah and Sarah said this. We both, this is what something we were agreeing on. Like, I see a white man and I get nervous. Yeah. And then throw a uniform and a badge on them. I'm even more nervous. Yeah. I mean, especially in small towns. Like, if it's somebody you went to high school with and you didn't get along with. Oh, yeah. Because I've seen that happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know I know a good transitioning. So, I already told Elizabeth what I got her. I went to this uh, OC Wine and Spirit Festival. But I'm going to show her. very bougie. So, I'm going to show her live what what I got her. She already seen a picture, but, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough room. That's huge. So, is that like a, is that a driver's license or? Uh, uh, hold on. It is United States of America Department of Defense. Oh, yeah, because she did, um... Uh, what are they called? USO tours. And then mm -hmm. she actually worked in, you know, the factories during World War II. So that's really yeah. cool. 
So I got it. I won it at a silent auction for Elizabeth. Because this is an audio medium, it's a framed <laughs> photo of Marilyn Monroe and jo- Joe DiMaggio. And beneath is her uh, Department of Defense, I guess, license ID badge. Yeah. But yeah, it's really cool. I'm very excited. I got to find somewhere to put it eventually when <laughs> I get my own like little office space in the house somewhere. Uh, it'll get hung up, so. Yeah, I so saw I was like, oh my God, Elizabeth would die. I gotta get this. I gotta try I gotta try for it. I was the only one who like bid on it. Somebody would have went above me. That was like this was my only bid. Yeah. But nobody did. So it was meant to be. Truly. It truly was. Um I so I had previously mentioned that the Daisy Jones show was coming out. Oh yeah. And I was going to be insufferable. Let me tell you. I watched the entire show. It was a it was a mini series. Okay. Episodes. I know you haven't read the book, but I think you'd really enjoy the show. The book is really good too. Okay. But just because the seventies of it all, I think you would really like the show, like the the costumes and the hair and the yeah, music. it would it would probably be me going, oh, that's a cute outfit. Oh, yes, that's really cute. Like Mad Mad, Men. yeah, Mad Men. There's a pot dispensary dispensary out here called Med Men, so I get <laughs> confused. Um, so Mad Men. The show wasn't bad. I didn't watch all of it, Never but it. most of the time I'm like, oh my God, that dress is so cute. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching Daisy Jones in the Six and I'm like, oh God, like the style is just phenomenal. And then I'm like, I'm too fat to dress like that. Like, I don't look like Riley Keough. Like she just, I mean, she was perfect for that part. She was phenomenal. And... I, I've seen on TikTok, some people weren't, like, they liked it, but they weren't thrilled, like, with some of the changes that were made. Because when you do, like, a book-to-screen kind of thing, there's always going to be changes. Right. I, I did not bump up against any of the changes, maybe, like, one or two, but it wasn't enough to take me out of liking the show. And let me tell you, I sat on my lunch break, and I had to text Sarah because my friend Sarah, not the other, not the other Sarah. <laughs> Um, because I literally sat in our PA break room watching the last episode on my lunch break and cried because <laughs> it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I texted her I'm like, "Not me crying in the break room watching the last episode of Daisy Jones." <laughs> like it was so, it was so good. Everybody, that cast was perfect everybody and they went through like a band boot camp they all had to learn to play instruments they like riley keogh went to a voice um coach to learn how to belt which was hilarious to me because her grandpa was fucking elvis presley (laughs) but uh yeah it was oh my gosh it was it was so fucking good. I I loved it so goddamn much. I want to watch it again. It was kind of like Interview with the Vampire where, like, I would have no problem watching this again. Yeah. I am currently watching The 3%. So it is a Netflix show. 
They already finished it. It's not at risk for being canceled. Because <laughs> um, we know your history with that. Right. So um, it's a Brazilian show. Of and it is. it's futuristic, dystopian, blah, blah, blah. Um, I really enjoy it. I had watched the first season previously when it was just one season. And then I moved to California and never picked it back up. So, yeah, I really liked it. But I, what I really want to nerd out about right now, I am reading Wizard and Glass. Okay. The fourth Dark Tower book. Okay. Oh, my God. There's, like, this whole section about Captain Trips. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll take your word for it. Um, the super flu and the stand. Oh, like COVID nineteen? No, this killed more <laughs> I'm just people. Joking. You said super flu. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to be insensitive, COVID did kill way too many people. But Captain Truck, not killed, the like, right people. No, I'm just right. joking. That's really just that <laughs> was bad. that was in poor taste. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's just something my husband said. Like so mad at the beginning of the pandemic. He's very much like a Dwight from the Office. Is like. We need a plague to kill about half the population. Oh, my God. Like oh so he's about- Thanos. Yeah. No, literally, he <laughs> thought Thanos was the good guy. He really, like, he his takeaway from those movies was Thanos wasn't wrong. Of course. Of course Matt would say that. <laughs> I That's what I married. Uh Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, like, it's a whole chapter. Like, they're in the timeline where that happened. Okay. And it is so cool. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's ev- taking everything in me not to, like, take pictures of all these pages and send them to Jessica. Oh, yeah. Because she would. Yeah. Because <laughs> she also loves the stand. Oh my god, so freaking it's so good. And a lot of people are like, this is my favorite Dark Tower book, and I'm excited to finish it. Because it's a really long series, isn't it? Seven books. Okay, so that's not bad. So I'm almost halfway done. Yeah. So I'm like, people are like, oh, it's my favorite Dark Tower book. I'm like, oh, so cool. I'm gonna be reading this one. I'm reading it, I'm really enjoying it. But then it's also like Oh, am I even going to like the rest of the series? <laughs> Is this where it peaks? And then I'm like bored. So, but like I said, I'm trying to like break things up where I read like a Dark Tower book, then mm-hmm. like a norm, not a normal book, but like a non Stephen King book. Non Stephen King book. And then read like a Star Wars book because I just, I miss the whole Star Wars universe. So. I so we started watching and we're about seven years late for this Peaky Blinders (laughs) oh I haven't seen it oh my gosh I I'm all in on it like I I love it Killian Murphy in that goddamn show he's so terrifying (laughs) but god is he handsome I really liked him and 28 Days Later. I've never seen that movie. Do you have something against zombies? 
No, it no. Zombies are not really like my thing. I watched The Walking Dead. I as you know, more of a vampire gal. Um I know, but so I love vampires, but for me it's more it almost has to be Anne Rice vampires. If you go too so, far okay, off so of that, yeah, I'm like, I, no. We've discussed this. I like my vampires where they're ripping your throat out. Um, very much like I know, like, people are gonna be like, vampire diaries are not real vampires. <laughs> Listen. That's the one reason I stuck with that goddamn show as long as I did was because their vampires legit like fucking killed people like ripping <laughs> throats out ripping hearts out like klaus michelson nice. which he ended up they ended up getting their own show the originals the michelsons fucked people up and were not scared to do it and so that's why i hung on to those shows as long as i did because they're like these are what vampires are supposed to do yeah and speaking of vampires oh god i discovered one of my favoriteest of favorite movies is on HBO Max. Uh, and I sat down and watched it. Uh-huh. Cover to cover, front to beginning to end. On Saturday night, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on HBO Max. And I've not watched this movie in a, like a while. Like it's been years since I've sat down and watched this movie. <laughs> Mainly because like you you could not find it on streaming. Mm-hmm. If you did, you had to pay for it. And I was like, oh, I'm not paying for it. But then I found out I was on HBO Max and I was like, yes. <laughs> I and so I sat down and watched it. It was like a it's like an old friend. Yeah. It's like your favorite blanket. Just wrapped up. So welcoming. Did you make Brady watch it? So listen. This fucking child. I made a deal with her. She wanted to dye her hair a funky color. Yeah. So I said, if I dye your hair, and I didn't care if she wanted to dye her hair, it's just hair. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> wear a uh, shirt that says that in front of Brady and see how cool you are. Right. Um, I said, I'll make a deal with you. This is all I ask. I color your hair. You do one thing for me. And she says, what? I said, you got to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer with me. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes, I am serious, child. So I put the hair dye in her hair. I put the shower cap on so she doesn't get hair dye everywhere while we're waiting for it to process. And I turn it on. 20 minutes in. She's like, how long do I have to wait to get my hair dye, to rinse my hair? And I said, oh, probably about 30 more minutes. Okay, plenty of time to talk to my besties. She abandoned me. She left me to go talk on the phone with her friends. But that's okay, because I sat on that couch by myself, and I quoted that movie word for goddamn word. And you know what? It was just as wonderful as I remembered it. The one and only time I have ever seen that movie. It was with me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I would make everybody watch it. I don't know if it was just you and me or if it was um, a, group a sleepover. Us. Yeah. I remember sitting on that couch watching that movie. And hating it. I didn't hate it. It was just like, ugh. 
I love it's so 90s. God, it made me miss the 90s. And then it really made me miss Luke Perry. Yeah. What a fucking dreamboat. What what a babe. He was such a babe. <laughs> and then I sat there and I realized like a lot of people are like, think Jonathan Taylor Thomas was my first love. No. Yeah. Pike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, played by Luke Perry. That was my first love. <laughs> and he's such a non-toxic male. Like, he was so supportive of Buffy. Like, yeah, let's kill vampires. Like, he went to her high school dance with a bag full of weapons because he knew some shit was going to go down. And he tells her, go do your thing. Go fuck shit up. That's not really what he says, but that's basically <laughs> the gist of it. Go fuck shit up. I got this. I'll handle in here. You go do what you need to do. And let's her. And he's just, god damn it, the best. I, such a babe. And Luke Perry, as he got older, was still a babe. Like, such a babe. And so sad that he died so young. Like, he was 62 mm-hmm. when he passed away. Like, from a unexpected you know just a stroke and you know it's one of those things you don't anticipate that but his son his son's a wrestler okay son is a his son is a wrestler he goes by jungle boy jack perry are you looking him up yeah looks like like identical to his dad like when i see him i see his goddamn dad stupid google with their autofill that hair. I know. That hair is wild. But look at his face. That is his dad. That is his yeah. dad. And it makes me sad because his dad was very supportive of his wrestling career. And he's now, like, huge in AEW. Uh-huh. It makes me so sad that his dad did not get to see him, like, how much success he's achieving. Uh-huh. Because he's in AEW right now, which... We're actually going to see tonight. That's why we're recording during the day because I'm off work. (laughs) Uh, But he's achieved so much success as a wrestler. Like, he has his own goddamn action figure. And it just makes me so sad, like, that his dad was so super supportive and didn't get to see him achieve that success. So, but he looks just like his dad. Yeah. And I'll say it again. Luke Perry was a babe. Jack Perry, definitely a babe as well. (laughs) So I think like two weeks ago, we watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I want to watch that. Is it it worth watching? Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. It's so good. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because it's going to segue into a movie I'm very excited for. Okay. So we watched that. You're going to talk about Runfield. Why'd you ruin it? Yes, I'm so excited (laughs) to watch that goddamn movie. I, so let me tell you, when they announced that they were making this movie, Uh I was like, Nick Cage's Dracula, come the fuck on. Like, this better be a goddamn comedy. Like, because they didn't say at first it was going to be a comedy. Right. I was like, oh, it's going to, I thought it was going to be like a serious movie. Mm -hmm. And then once I found out it was a comedy, I'm like, okay. 
Yeah. Nick Cage's Dracula, okay. But I was very unhappy about the casting of Nicolas Cage's Dracula. Like, what the hell is wrong with people? Like, but after seeing, like, the trailer and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, okay. I'm behind this now. Like, th- yeah. this is going to be great. I'm so stoked to see this movie. I may actually go to the movie theater to watch it. When does it come out? Fairly soon. I think in the next couple weeks. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was going to say, well, if it comes out near when I come visit, we can go see it. No, I think it comes out like April 14th or something. Yeah. Like in two or three weeks. I'm not going to make you wait like two more months. No, no, no. But in all honesty, I probably won't get to go to the theater just because the way my life is. I'll have to watch it on digital, but whatever. I Yes, I am very stoked to see this movie. But uh, we'll get back to the unbearable weight. How was that? Because I love Pedro Pascal so so much. Good. Oh my God. So good. Like I'm gonna cry. <laughs> so good. I and I, I am love, very tired. I get really emotional when I'm tired. So I loved the idea of him, like uh, of Nick Cage making a movie that's basically poking fun of himself. I yeah. think that's hilarious. I love that he's very self-aware and how mm-hmm. like he has become like this thing in pop culture. So I have wanted to watch it, but also because I love Pedro Pascal so much. Mm-hmm. I know everybody does. Like He's everybody's daddy. Of course we all he's love every, him. No, everybody's he's slutty, slutty daddy. daddy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Forgot the slutty. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then Sarah Paulson's everybody's mommy. Yeah. Um, I... Yes, I I love him. My my daughter doesn't get the appeal, but it's I, fine. But speaking of vampires and zombies, my daughter started playing uh, Resident Evil Village. Okay, and it's something we're doing together. And when I say doing together, I sit there while she plays, and I yell at her, "Break open the box!" Or you're not looking around the room enough. You might be missing something. <laughs> And because she's obsessed with the nine foot tall vampire lady. Yeah. Like obsessed with her. Like right now she has killed two of the vampire daughters. There's still one left. And the nine foot tall vampire lady's chasing the, your char- the character around the castle trying to kill him. And so Brady's <laughs> running around the castle and she's t- saying to me, my bestie, my roommate's trying to kill me because it killed her daughters. <laughs> like she loves Lady Demidash true. Um, and so that's... I, she drew a picture and put it on Instagram, right? Yes. And it was actually, really good. That was actually a painting. So she drew okay. it and then painted it. But yes, she... Yes. It was obsessed. really good. I, sh- she, I even showed Jake. He's like, who did that? It was like Brady. And he was like, wow. Yeah. She'll tell you she prefers like werewolves. Brady will tell you this. She likes werewolves, but she can get into vampires a little bit. <laughs> uh, but when you said zombies and I started talking about vampires, it made me think of Resident Evil Village. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, totally also, get that. we have some we had we do have some true crime news. Okay, go for it. Hold on, I gotta pull it up. It really like I need to pull up the article, but I'm so angry. 
So remember when everybody was so happy that Adnan Syed had his conviction overturned mm-hmm. and he got out of jail? Well, the bullshit train has pulled into the station. So I'm reading this directly from the Huffington Post, and this was came out yesterday. Okay. Uh, a Maryland court did not give the family of the murder victim in the case chronicled in the hit podcast serial enough time to attend a court hearing in person that led to Adnan Syed's release. Um, so they reinstated his conviction. But I know. But he will not be taken back into custody. So it was a two-to-one decision in the Appellate Court of Maryland. And I guess this is based on a law in the state of Maryland that provides victims the right to prior notice of the hearing on a motion to vacate convictions, which I understand that. Like, the victims' families, like, should 100% have that right. Yeah. The court ruled that, I guess, they only gave Heyman Lee's brother only one day before the hearing and they said it was quote insufficient time to reasonably allow Mr. Lee who lived in California to attend the hearing in person. And so it required him to attend the hearing remotely. And it also ruled it is obligated to remedy the lower courts violations as long as we can do so without violating Mr. Syed's right to be free from double jeopardy. We can do that, and accordingly, we vacate the circuit court's order vacating Mr. Syed's convictions, which results in the reinstatement of the original convictions and sentence. We remand for a new legally compliant and transparent hearing on the motion to vacate where Mr. Lee is given notice of the hearing that is sufficient to allow him to attend in person, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, so that happened. And it's bullshit. Uh-huh. And then... Locally, there was a woman in St. Charles who they found her car in a grocery store parking lot and she was missing. They found her body. She is deceased. And I think they already have a um, suspect in custody. And then, hold on, there was another. So the Gatlinburg Police Department teamed with Othram, which is which is a DNA, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a lab. Otham is a lab. And so the Gatlinburg Police Department was able to identify uh, Jane Doe from 1974. I think I saw that one um, she on Reddit. She was given her identity, and she is Charlotte Roberta Henry, who was born January 4th, 1939 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was found below the tramway at Gatlinburg Ski Lodge. And there's no identifying information found near her body or on the scene. You want to know how they um, were able to identify her? How? Oh, DNA. Genealogy. Genealogical DNA. Yep. Yet again, another mystery being solved with genealogical DNA. I don't know what you're hitting, but it sounds I'm terrible. I'm sorry, it's my turn. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yes, no, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. I'm glad that this woman was given her identity. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just more proof that 
police departments and law enforcement need to be teaming with these companies such as Othram and Parabon to identify Jane Doe's and John Doe's mm-hmm. or they Doe's and identify murderers, identify perpetrators of crimes. Yeah. Like, why is, why is this not a thing? Like, I know it's becoming more of a thing. Yes. But we should not have to fight for it. Like, yes. it should be just standard practice if there's enough DNA to test. So that's really all I have. To, I just wanted to say that. Okay. So Elizabeth and I are doing a horrendous book club. Oh, God, yeah. Is the book not good? I've gotten to chapter two. It's just the first chapter is hard to get through. I'm into the first couple pages of chapter two. I really haven't had time to sit down and like focus on reading it. Okay. So I'll, I'll update you. Okay. So our first book for the month of April is going to be What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Yes, T. Kingfisher. So, um, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit in our next intermission. But we'll do a Patreon episode on it. But, yeah, since Elizabeth and I have been reading a lot lately, we figured, why not do a little book club? Yeah, so if you want to read along with us, please feel free. Um, And let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Facebook. We're not using Twitter as much. No, fuck Elon. Elon Yeah, Elon Musk (laughs) sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's all... Yeah, I don't really have anything else other than uh, sorry it's been a while again. My life is insane right now. Yeah, I mean it's been a lot. <laughs> so much. But I think I I keep saying this every week in therapy too. Like I think it's gonna go up from here. <laughs> and I think I'm jinxing myself when I say that. So yeah. let me knock on wood. So, There's a car alarm going off in my neighborhood. Oh, the ghetto of Dupo. Yep, Mean Streets of Dupo. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have anything else. Uh, just be kind to each other. Yes, please be nice. Life is too short. Um, and yeah, that that's all I really have. And. Hopefully we'll have some follow-up soon in regards to us pairing up with Grizzly Grapes. Yes. Andrea is in the process of getting hitched. Yeah. So she is quite busy doing all the pre-wedding stuff. I know they just got back from Ireland from her hen party, as they call it over there, which I think is adorable. (laughs) (coughs) And based on their Instagram, looked like a blast. I'm jealous. Yes. Where was our invite? Andrea and Emily just, just, yeah, we're, totally. We're not, we're, no. we're not close like that. I wish we were, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be super cool. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting ready to make my yearly pilgrimage to go see um, the icons themselves, Mima and Grandpa. Uh huh. And that's all. Yeah. I mean, other than just working, working, working. Like, that's kind of all I got going on right now. Yeah. For me, it's 
I don't know. Just one crisis after the other. <laughs> yeah. Trying to stay afloat. <laughs> hey, that's all we're trying to do. We're just a couple people doing our goddamn best. Yeah. Totally. All right. So we are really, really, really going to try and stay on top of things. Yes. It's just been very hard. And I'll say this. Like, this is not my main job. Right. Or is it Callie's? Callie's main job is being a parent. And my main job is working in a laboratory. We do take this podcast very seriously. We really love doing it. We did not set out to do this thinking we were going to get rich, though mm. it would be fucking great. Oh, um, yeah. We're, we're realistic. We know that, like, that you got lightning's really got a strike for you. But I, I will say, you, you know, for people who are like, well, you know, this podcast releases weekly episodes. Yeah, that's probably a major podcast that, like, that's their goddamn job. Like, they mm. don't have anything else going on in their life. And they have people who do research for them and write the notes and just say, here you go, read this. We do all of this on our own. We don't have people editing for us. Callie does all the editing. We do our own social media. If you haven't figured that out, <laughs> we're doing our own. We're doing our own notes and research. So, for people who have very busy lives, it, it's just hard. And sometimes things happen in life that you know we're gonna be missing for a couple weeks, and we hate that that happens. And if that does happen, I I will because Callie's just got a lot going on. I just have working kids, but my kids are old enough. They're mm -hmm. pretty self-sufficient. Um, that I'll try to put in some filler stuff, but I can't – I mean, I can't always commit to that. But we really do enjoy doing this. We have a small fan base, but we love you all, and we appreciate the support. And hope it continues to grow. But we just enjoy doing this. It's fun for us. And we just thank you for sticking with us. We hope you continue to do that. And we really are like going into the rest of the year, going to commit to really putting stuff out. That's yeah. No, I couldn't have said it better. So, all right. I think that's it. So yeah. Thank you, besties. Thanks, and besties. And hopefully you'll hear us next week. Hopefully. Hopefully. I keep no. saying see I'm, us. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying it. Come hell or okay. high water. If I have to record with Meemaw. <laughs> we're recording a goddamn episode. <laughs> All right. So yes, we will see you next week. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye.